1: Well, we are back this week with Mary valoney I hope you caught the episode last week. We talked about six rookie mistakes that we can make in our uh, charitable organization and our fundraising. And a lot of us are, uh, we are raising money for something in a way that leaves our child a legacy. And that has been our series. And so we're ending the, our series with talking to Mary, who is a professional fundraiser who loves to help the smaller organizations and take her knowledge of helping multiple million dollar fundraisers and take that knowledge and help those of us who aren't raising millions, but maybe we're raising thousands for something that is keeping our child's memory alive and honoring them. So Mary, glad to have you here with us again this week.
0: Thank you. I'm excited to continue our conversation.
1: Yes, definitely. I want to start out with something that you and I know. Uh, this this was our connection was we were at a conference with a man named Carrie Oberbrunner, and you have your book is actually uh, published through Author Academy Elite, which he started. Which I plan to have. I have books out, but not under AAE. So that that's a plan in my future. But one thing that Carrie says that I think is a good way to start out this episode, because we're going to be talking about how do you get started? Okay, I know I have an idea. There's something I want to do. How do I start this? How do I start raising money? I know nothing. So something that Kerry says that is so repeatable and so good is that confusion repels, clarity attracts. Yeah. So clarity attracts, confusion repels. So let's start with that as a springboard on how do I get started with what I want to do to start raising money to keep my child's memory alive?
0: Yeah. So I love how many people who, you know, you've gone through something traumatic and, but it like stirs in your heart that you're like, I want to do something more. I don't want other people to have to go through what I've been through or whatever. So I, it, it never surprises me when somebody goes through something like like you have and many others have. And by the loss of a child, now it's like, okay, what am I going to do to make a difference in the world? How am I going to keep their legacy alive and move mm-hmm. forward? And so with the clarity attracts, confusion repels, like I, I'm so with you. I love when he says that because I was like, oh, that's so true. Because when you are clear about your mission and you're clear about what it is that you're trying to accomplish, uh, people will be drawn to you. It will attract people to you. Whereas when you're like, well, I don't really know what we're doing, but we're going to go raise some money and we'll see what happens. Well, nobody's going to give to that. It mm-hmm. just, you know, that doesn't tell Or me I'm exactly.
1: hoping that we'll get enough money to do this, or yeah. I'm thinking we might do that. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: agreed. And it's like, that does not tell, that does not want me to, like, I'm not going to give you tens of thousands of dollars to go explore whatever <laughs> that looks like. It's just not going to happen. Right, right. <laughs> So right. Yeah, thinking through the process though here is that what I really want people to be thinking about when it comes to their idea, this big idea that they might have about starting something or maybe partnering with another organization or another cause is that what I want you to just really get clear on is your vision. And as I teach in my book, Fundraising Freedom, the first part of that is focus your vision. And I, I tell people that that is the foundational step to everything that I teach, because if you don't have clear vision, nothing else matters if people can't get, they they can't be drawn into the reason why you're doing it in the first place. And I know Laura, you have had many people comment to you, like, why can't you just get over Becca? Like, why mm-hmm. can't you just move on? And it's like, that is craziness.
1: Right. <laughs> it's kind of yes. like, I mean, I yes.
0: lost, lost my dad to cancer. It's nothing like losing a child, but like nobody has ever told me, why don't you just get over your dad? Mm-hmm. Like it has, it has become a catalyst to a lot of stuff that I do. And you know that, mm-hmm. you know, I started my business because my dad was such a charitable man. And when he passed away, it was like, oh shoot, like I got to <laughs> carry, I got to carry him and me mm-hmm. now. You know? right. so it's like, yes. I can't let him down. And I know that you and many of your listeners are, you know, they're, they're thinking the same thing. Like, you know, my child is like, was, was just amazing and Mm -hmm. may have brought a light and a joy into that space. And you're trying to do that same thing. You're trying to leave that same uh, legacy as you move forward. So anyways, having a clear vision of why you're going to do it, I think that that allows you to open up and to have conversations. So Laura, when you and Dave talk to people about giving to GPS Hope, it's really easy to say, well, the reason why we do this is because we lost our daughter. Mm -hmm. And you know why? you know, there are so many people just like us. And so we're going to continue to spread our message because we needed help and we know other people need help too. And so right. like that that makes total sense to me as a donor that it's like, okay, mm-hmm. like, yes, mm-hmm. go do that. But, but I think that getting even further along than, Hey, we're trying to remember and we're trying to help others. You got to start looking forward. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to look in the past and, you know, and say, well, I'm trying to keep this legacy alive, but like look in the future and start looking at, okay, what is the long-term goal here? Is that every person who has lost a child has, you know, Mm -hmm. hope for the future, you know, light and, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's, there's a a long-term vision that you're working towards. So, um, so I just want to like really instill that in, in you guys, as you're thinking about this is that I'm like, don't just, start something because you've got nothing else to do (laughs) Mm because this is too hard. I mean, working in this space, Laura, you Mm -hmm. guys have sacrificed everything. I mean, you've Mm -hmm. sold your home. You, you know, you're on the (laughs) road. Like there's a lot of sacrifice that has happened here, but you guys are like, you are on a mission Right. and you are your eyes are focused on the end goal and mm-hmm. you're moving towards that so so just as people are getting started i just really want to encourage you to, to really make sure that you you really want to start something or you really want to mm-hmm. get this off the ground and then i'll give you some tips here on what you can do uh, as you move forward
1: now and before you give that something that as you're talking i'm thinking about is in the last episode we talked a little bit about making sure that people know what's in it for them, because we do tend to be selfish, and I want to know what's in it for me if I give towards this. And I, I think at the beginning, when we're doing something to keep our child's memory alive, our friends and our family will very willingly give towards that. And it may be, you know, if your child did die of cancer, you may want to raise money for the Cancer Society or a specific, you know, the way if it was brain cancer for brain cancer research or whatever that is. Or, you know, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, that's a big one. But I think we have to get to the point where we're not doing this because I'm keeping my child's memory alive isn't the reason we give. People who have never lost a child and you're coming to them looking for donations because my child died and I want to keep their memory alive. Oh, well, okay, that's nice. You want to keep your child's memory alive, but I have other things I'd rather give my money to than keeping your child's memory alive. And so even though that is always the underlying the root of what we're doing to keep their legacy going and their memory going and honor them there has to be how are you helping others? Well, I'm doing this because, you know, my child died of brain cancer and I don't want other parents to go through that. We're raising money for brain cancer research or these comfort cubs that uh, Marcella uh, started, these weighted cubs. You know, I want to provide these comfort cubs for our local hospital so that other moms who are leaving the hospital without their baby can have something to hold or or kids who are in trauma will have this to help them, so we have to turn that corner at some point. you know that's part of focusing your vision and getting clarity on why are you doing this so that in a way that other people will want to be a part of it, and isn't there a, there like there's a statement it's like I'm doing this because so that really. Fill that in. What, do yeah, you, can so you that yeah. What better? we teach
0: is, well, is, um, you know, basically filling in the blanks where it'd be like, I am GPS yes. Hope. I'm Laura with mm-hmm. GPS Hope. Who does blank? So mm-hmm. that blank. Yes. And that's just an easy statement to complete, to be like, okay, we are GPS Hope this is what we do. Here's who we help, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but I often teach on, like, I think that every organization, I think everybody who's starting, is starting up anything, whether it's a business or a nonprofit should have a why statement, yes. a mission statement, yes. and a vision statement. And just to give you guys an idea for me personally, my why is that I don't want anybody to be alone. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I do the work that I do is that I don't want, I don't want Laura, like mm-hmm. it keeps me at, like, I don't want Laura to ever feel like she's alone. And because I know how lonely fundraising can be, I know how lonely leading a nonprofit can be. And so for me, like, that's my why, that's what keeps me up at, you know, like mm-hmm. wanting, pushing mm-hmm. forward on things. Now, yes, I, you know, lost my dad to cancer and he drives me every day, but that's actually not my why. It's not, mm-hmm. it just adds to my story. You know, so, but then I've got, you know, my vision statement and my vision statement is about, and I want to end the lack and scarcity mindset, Mm -hmm. especially in nonprofit organizations. But that lack and scarcity mindset has stopped so many people from moving forward. And I'm sure, you know, I know you've been there. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who are listening have been there where it's like, well, that's not even possible. That's crazy. We can't Mm -hmm. raise a million dollars. We can't, we can't start that nonprofit. Mm -hmm. What, you know, and I want to be the person who's saying, yes, yes. You can. (laughs) Why can't (laughs) you?
1: Why not? Why not?
0: And and people often say to me, like, you make the impossible possible. And I was like, yeah. It is like, (laughs) all it takes is write down on a sheet of paper, what is your vision? What do you want to see happen? And it doesn't cost anything to have a vision. Mm -hmm. You know, to have a vision statement to dream about Mm -hmm. what could be, but then I have to like, you know, pull back the layers of like, what am I doing? And that's where the mission statement comes into play is that it allows the mission statement is very different from the vision statement. Okay. So a vision statement is the end result. So Laura in a perfect world, you know, mm-hmm. what does GPS hope do? You know, in a perfect world, every, per- well, in a perfect world, nobody, no children ever dies, right? We'll, we'll <laughs> like, get there
1: eventually, just not here yeah. on this earth.
0: <laughs> exactly. But I mean, th- you know that there's a lot of cures. There's a lot of things that are coming mm-hmm. up, but that's not necessarily your play in this. It's right. And
1: our, our vision is more along the line of that anyone, as soon as they lose a child, they know where to go. That, just like you, they're not alone. They know that there's someone out there that will walk this with them and that they, they're to eliminate the judgment and shame that comes with our grief. And the fact that, you know, five years is considered fresh grief and people are wondering, you know, to just an awareness of that we can grieve the way we need to grieve the death of a child without the judgment and shame.
0: Yes. And so the vision of that nobody, mm-hmm. no parent mm-hmm. has to go it alone. Right. Like that's a pretty profound vision. That's like something that, okay, I can get on board with that vision, but no parent should ever have to go this alone. Like that makes total sense, you know? And then then the mission statement, which is different from the vision mm-hmm. statement being the end result, the, the mission is, why do we exist? Mm-hmm. You know, why does our organization exist? So I want anybody who's thinking about this to be thinking about, okay, well, why do I need Like mm-hmm. Sure, that thing needs to happen. The vision could happen, but does mm-hmm. that mean that I exist and am I, you know, what am I doing to add to that? So for me, when I talk about, I want to end the lack of scarcity mindset with nonprofits, I then come back to the mission statement where I'm like, okay, what's my contribution to that? And so my contribution is that I want to educate, encourage and empower nonprofit leaders to raise the funds they need to fulfill their vision. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm, I'm all about like, I'm going to educate, I'm going to encourage, and I'm going to empower you. And I do that through a variety of different ways, but you can see where every day I'm looking at that mission. Okay. Am I educating? Am I encouraging? Am Mm -hmm. I empowering? And if I'm doing those three things, then my mission is viable. So I always tell, you know, when you're getting started, you're like, well, what am I going to do? So spending some time thinking through these things, your why, your mission, and your vision, I think are important because then, Mm -hmm. then we can start to move down the path of, of how do we get people to be a part of the work that we're doing? So uh, one of the things that I tell people often, and I know I talked about it in the episode that you listened to about how do you get started, is that we are the face of our cause. Mm -hmm. We are, we represent our organization. We represent the things that we do. So that's why I think that mindset is so important is that if you don't think it's possible, nobody Mm -hmm. else will think it's possible. So whatever you put out, that's what you're going to receive back. So if you're telling yourself, oh, we can't raise that kind of money. Oh, these people wouldn't want to be a part of what we're doing. Nobody's, Mm -hmm. I mean, magically, Nobody's gonna to wanna to be a part of what you're doing. Nobody's gonna to give to it. So it takes you really owning your message and saying, you know what, I will put in the work. I mm-hmm. will, I'm, I believe, I believe this is actually possible and I'm gonna do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to get our message out there. People can smell that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean, you know, like when you mm-hmm. see somebody who's driven, I mean, look at any of our, you know, the most famous people that are out, Martin Luther King, you know, Mother mm-hmm. Teresa, whoever you want to throw out there. I mean, like (laughs) these people, you know that they were committed to their mission.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: They were going to do whatever it took. And magically, they had the money (laughs) that followed because people were like, I want to be a part of that. Right. You know, so – so I just want to remind you that a lot of it starts right inside, you know, looking at the mirror, mm-hmm. trying to figure out, is this just me doing this because I'm trying to keep my child alive or is this me? Like I have got a vision and I really think that God put this on my heart that I'm, I am I can make a difference in this space yes. uh, because you know, the ones that are driven and are pushing towards, I mean, they can, they can move mountains, <laughs> like yes, they yeah. move mountains and yeah. I want to encourage you if that's you like put your head down go to work
1: (laughs) yeah and I I, as you were talking I had a couple of thoughts one of them is I know that in our world of grief I don't want anyone to feel like I don't know if I can give myself to this that passionately because I just I'm a mess (laughs) you know so I I want you to know that it's okay it's it's okay if you can, that it's a hit and miss, especially for a while, because that's just part of who you are right now. And it will get better. And you can get more and more focused on that. But that's not a reason not to get started. Get started, start with where you are and what you can do. And you can still write your vision, you can still write your mission, you can still make sure you have a why that's going to keep you going, you know, so you have a a really bad week, but you can, on the other side of that week, then you can pick up and keep going. I really want to encourage you in that because it it doesn't have to be something where you feel like, I just, I can't give myself, you know, that like Mother Teresa (laughs) to this, Um, but it's okay because it's, that's just where we are. And it's still possible. It's very, very possible. And the more you go in it, I think the more, the more it, I don't want to say drives you, but it empowers you. It, it almost refreshes you to be able to pull out of these dark times that these dips that we take, it helps you even pull out of them more quickly because you have this in front of you, this vision and this mission. And it's like, I've, I've got to pull myself out of this because I've got to keep going for that. And so I, I want to encourage them. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I want to encourage people too that you don't have to do what Laura's done. Oh, like, no. You, you don't have to start up some nonprofit. Like I just want to mm-hmm. give you permission to not feel like you have to, you know, leave some crazy, you know, organization or lead this this mm-hmm. movement in some way. I think the conversation today is about what do you do to contribute? You know, mm-hmm. like and what is what does that mean? Maybe you lock arms with Laura. Maybe you, mm-hmm. you know, there's an organization or a cause that you're like, man, I think I could do something really special. I think that I could take on, you know, a project or, you know, so think through the process and don't feel like, oh my gosh, I have to start that. But for those of you who are like, you know that mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like Laura and I, you know, we both wrote books. And so <laughs> like when I knew I I was supposed to write a book. It's like that nagging voice Mm -hmm. in the back of your head. That's like, get it done, get the book done. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) So, but
0: if you don't have that stirring in your spirit that you're supposed to start something like this, just start exploring opportunities where it's like, okay, what causes do I, do I like, do I align with that my values align with and, and find a way where you can get plugged in. I mean, I know Laura, you and I have talked so many times about Board members and volunteers. And and I think that it is such an, an amazing thing when you have somebody who steps up in a volunteer leadership role, who can just give their heart to that position. Mm-hmm. And I know Laura, you would be <laughs> so happy to find somebody who wanted to do that for you yes. guys. You know? Yes. Yes. Every organization I work with, we're on the leadership of the organization. We're on a mission to find really great people to Mm -hmm. serve in leadership. So anyways, I, if you have a, you know, just something in your spirit that's saying like, well, maybe I should just, you know, I really need to volunteer and learn what other causes are doing and just be a student for a little while Mm -hmm. and then step out into that, you know, when, when you feel like the time is right. So like you Mm -hmm. said, Laura, sometimes, you know, I, I just know I have my own seasons of highs and lows where I'm like, and I, we talk about Enneagram quite a bit mm-hmm. and I am, you know, as an, I'm an Enneagram three for those of you who follow Enneagram, but as a three, when I'm stressed, I am like a nine, which is, you know, a pretty, <laughs> but I, I just I curl up in a ball mm-hmm. and you'll find me in the corner
1: <laughs> so it's like,
0: but every time. And I have a whiteboard next to mm-hmm. my desk and I have my vision, my mission, my why is up on my whiteboard. And every single day I'm reminded, like, this is why you're doing this. And Mm -hmm. so get up out of the corner, Mm -hmm. (laughs) stop, you know, get off your pity party Mm -hmm. and start putting your mind, you know, your eyes focused on others. And you and I know, and I know everybody who's listening knows that the best, you know, the best medicine. For anything, like anytime you feel down, the best medicine is really serving others. Mm -hmm. And when you can move your attention away from Mm -hmm. internally, you know, and our, you know, how hard our lives are and how tough Mm -hmm. things are. And you can start to look at other people. It just it makes the healing process so much easier and yeah, mm-hmm. so much like just life more enjoyable.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right, world. right. And there are times that we're gonna be in that grief and it's just we know we're gonna be in that. You know, if it's the anniversary of our child's death. I mean there's oh, yeah, <laughs> you're like, not just check that day off I, it, yeah, that, day off. that week <laughs> that, you know, leading into it. I mean, it's just yeah. it's just and and a lot of us do get to a point where it it isn't the whole month or the whole week or oh. even the entire day. I mean you can get to that point but I, I think you just had a key there Mary is getting to that point is serving others and doing it your why because I don't want others to go through what I went through and I want you know what what I'm moving towards to be in honor of my child. I mean that wow that's that's such a strong why. I it's it's life moving it really is. And I pulled out something while we were talking I do try to read through this quite a bit, but there's a statement that I have written down, and it says, if you understand that your idea was given through you and not to you, then you understand it's on God to open up the heavens and pour down the promises. Your job is to not let up. Hmm. And so I think, you know, you mentioned, you know, that God's put this idea in me, and I think I'm supposed to do it. Partner with God in it because you do your end of things and let him do his end of things and make it a partnership with him.
0: Yeah. And with any big, you know, daunting tasks, you know, anything that's really big, you just got to take it one step at a time. I mean, nobody, you know, built that huge business or created that huge nonprofit. Like, without just taking one step at a time, I one of my favorite pictures that I've seen, whether you like Amazon or not, there's a mm-hmm. picture that was floating around of Jeff Bezos sitting at his office desk with all of his papers behind him. And he was just in this small office building. And you know, like everybody starts somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so just take it one step at a time on whatever that is, and then you move forward. But when it comes to fundraising and dollars and inviting somebody in, people... Like attracts like. Mm. And that's what I want to remind people is that when they see you, they see a reflection of themselves. That it's like, okay, like I want to be a part of that because I see something in you. I, you know, we all want to be a part of a winning team. Mm -hmm. So dollars always follow a confident person, somebody who sees the future, who's, who's very driven, you know, like that, that's just easy to, for you to step in and say, well, I want to join them. Mm-hmm. I want to be a part of that. You know, so. And a lot
1: of times it's not what you say, it's how you make them feel.
0: Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is a good Maya Angelou quote about, yeah, because mm-hmm. I think about, you know, and I'm sure all of us, when you think about your loved one who's passed, I, it's hard to remember exactly what they said. Like, you know, like quote comments or they, like I always think about my dad and I'm like, gosh, you know, he used to say all these quirky things and every <laughs> now and again, it, it'll like pop out of my mouth where I'm like, where right. did that
1: come from? <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm.
0: like even with my dog, like my dog or my dad would always like when we were sleeping in bed, he would be like, jump up. Jump up, you know. He would like, "I always <laughs> say that to get you out of bed." Mm-hmm. And so every now and again, I I don't have children, but with my dogs, I'm like, "Jump up!" And I'm like, oh, <laughs> where'd that come from? That was, yeah. <laughs> you know, but like when you think about that, yeah, that those memories, you know, those comments, like they they do drive you, and they you know, like it's just important that you use those as fuel as you move forward and remind yourself that, you know, they're, they're with you, that it's, it's a part of the journey as well. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So as there, I don't know how much we've really covered in helping people get started. Yeah. I think okay. one, I mean, we, we've talked a lot. Hopefully it's been helpful. I think one thing <laughs> maybe is uh, some of the uh, just a couple practical things, I guess, is thinking about how much time you do want to put into it realistically, you know, how is that going to affect your, your family? What is your schedule going to look like? Are you going to set time aside for that? You really need to, because if you do it kind of haphazard, it really doesn't happen, does it?
0: Yeah. No. Well, and I, I think that that's just being realistic back to what, what do you want this to be? So it's okay if mm-hmm. you don't want this to be a multi right. you know, million oh, yeah. dollar organization or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and if you just want to raise a couple hundred dollars because you want to create those kits mm-hmm. for kids with cancer or, mm-hmm. and I've worked with a lot of organizations and individuals who are like, I'm working a day job and I'm going to do this on the side. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to work this up until I can eventually leave my day job and start doing that. But she didn't have unrealistic expectations as far as how many dollars she was trying to raise. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's where whenever I ask somebody about fundraising, how much they want to raise, it's really about let's sit down and let's dream a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, what is, what, how much money do you actually need to fulfill this idea that you have? Mm -hmm. Maybe not like the most perfect ideal situation, like five years down the road or 10 years down the the road, but like right now, what do you want to see happen? And let's get those numbers on paper so that we know what kind of fundraising experience we need to create. And so Mm -hmm. that's where I tell people, I'm like, whether you're raising $5 or $50 or, you know, 5,000, whatever, like the, Mm -hmm. the dollar amounts, um, are really important because if you walk into an organization like my my work at the American Cancer Society, billion-dollar nonprofit, right? So while I was working there, they were a billion-dollar nonprofit. I know they've declined a little bit in the last few years, but when you think about an organization of that scale, there's a different expectation of how they present themselves. They've got the office building, they've mm-hmm. got the, you know, staff that are full time that are mm-hmm. working nonstop. They're building out these fundraisers that are experiences. And, you know, so like there's a lot of expectations because it's like, well, they're a like a very large scale organization. They mm-hmm. should have their stuff together. <laughs> right. They also have a lot of money to make that Mm -hmm. happen, you know, whereas when you're first getting started, you're like, okay, what do we need to do to keep, do we even have an office space? Do we work Mm -hmm. out of our home? You know, what kind of, what kind of materials do we need to present? So I just want you to like start off for anybody who is in this position where they're like, okay, I really want to start something. uh, Think through, yeah, what is the goal for, as we're getting started, what would it take for us to just get off the ground? But too often when I talk to somebody about fundraising, um, they've got this number that's just more of a... Uh, like this is the number that'll keep our doors open. Like the very bare minimum, because we don't want to ask anybody for too much because we're in this lack and scarcity mindset, right? And she's she's talking
1: about, she's (laughs) not... Saying it, but but we've had this conversation more than once.
0: <laughs> well, and Laura, you are not alone. You are not alone. <laughs> it is a very common place because you're like, well, I don't want to ask for more than what we need. Okay, so you're like bare bare mm-hmm. minimum. Here's what it's going to take for us to do this. But I want you to dream about like what is a healthy environment. And that changes the way that you perceive your organization. It's It changes the way that you talk to people mm-hmm. because now you're like, we're not talking about bare minimum. We're not talking about poverty We're mm-hmm. talking about abundance. We're talking about, okay, if we had X amount of dollars, we could have coffee with these people. It would allow us to pay for meals. When we go out to have a dinner with somebody, mm-hmm. it would allow us to advertise our organization and for us to get in front of this audience. Maybe it's some social media ads that we want to tell mm-hmm. people that we exist. You know, Whatever those things are, I just want you to start thinking about what would it actually take for us to to come across as, hey, we're we're good at this. We know what mm-hmm. we're doing. We're effective. So mm-hmm. I want you to, um, and I, you know, our author coach also encouraged this that it's like you you have to start like with the end in mind and mm-hmm. really think through what does that look like? Laura and I, when we first got started, I don't know if you actually went through this exercise. Um, but I, I went through the exercise when I was writing my book and he had us all shoot a video. It was the video was being shared inside of a private Facebook group. So nobody saw it. Like none of my friends and family ever saw this video, but I shot a video that said, I am an author. Mm -hmm. And then I talked about all the lives that were impacted because of this book. Now, the book didn't exist at this point. It was just an idea in my mind, but I shot this video and I went to my favorite place. I live in St. Louis, Missouri. I went to my favorite place, the place that I got married, the place that I made all my major decisions at. I'd go to this location. And so I shot this video and I said, I am an author the people who read my book are changing their organizations. They're changing lives with every dollar that they raise, they're impacting another life. And I just like, like Mm -hmm. felt it in my spirit that I was Mm -hmm. like, this book is going to change lives, you know? And, but in that moment, like, you know, I wasn't an author. I was Mm -hmm. not an author. I had never written a book in my life. So mm-hmm. to tell people that I was an author was a lie. So like, so, but that's where we have to flip the switch on, you know, when, when do you become a nonprofit leader? When do you become the you know, a volunteer for an, it's the day that you decide that you're going to do it.
1: Right. And so that means it wasn't a lie that you're an author because this no. is something that was going to happen. There's no question it's going to happen. I'm an author because that's who I am. This is, right. yes.
0: But it's just like giving birth to a child. When do you become a mom?
1: Exactly. You know,
0: is it the day that your child is actually mm. born or is it the you know is it conception? Exactly. So I think that's where we have to remind ourselves that the idea itself is a life, like you're bringing life yes. to an idea. And as soon as that idea is alive, now all of a sudden you're like, well, shoot, <laughs> Look,
1: <laughs> I am,
0: I am a nonprofit leader. Mm-hmm. I am. Cause mm. I was like, Oh, like I was a fundraiser for the <laughs> American cancer society. Like I'd sit down on an airplane next to somebody and I'd be like, ah, oh, you know, they'd say, what do you do? And I'm like, Oh, I'm a fundraiser for the American cancer society. And then all of a sudden I was like, Oh, I'm a consultant. Like like it, it just, <laughs> it, it was hard because I didn't believe it, you mm. know, like, cause I was like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a fake. I'm like trying to be this consultant. Mm. But I've, I've never done it before. So just remember as you move into any new phase, it, those titles are hard to take on at mm-hmm. first, but you just work through it and you know, you never know, you know, what it could turn into. I had one person tell me, they're like, oh, consultant sounds really fancy to me. And when she said that, I was like, really? (laughs) And so I was like, okay, maybe I should just own that then, you know, like, but, but it took somebody else saying, no, I think it sounds awesome. And, and even, you know, whatever your title is right now, I think that it's, we, we take such identity with those terms, you know, like mom or grandma mm-hmm. or yes. what you know, it's like that you become that thing. So yes. anyways, this is one of those things where I'm like, it, it takes a little time to get comfortable in it. I know you guys had to, you know, work through that season too. So. Yeah.
1: And don't let it stop you from dreaming yeah. of what it could be.
0: Absolutely. You just no, never know. Just, yeah. I mean, if, you, if you looked at any cause that's out there, I don't think anybody would have realized that their cause would have turned into what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, they obviously did the work and they, they put in the time, but I don't think most people, you know, they they did their best and it turned mm-hmm. into something great, yeah. you know. So yeah. anyway, so I don't want anybody to think that it's like, oh, well, I have to have all my stuff together. Nope, you no. don't.
1: It's kind of like just... dream big and start small.
0: Yes. <laughs> <Taking one laughs> start 75- wherever
1: you are. And mm-hmm. by the way,
0: I have so many things I've been doing this for six years, you know, as a consultant, I've been fundraising for almost, uh, it's been 18 years on that. And, you know, I, there's so many things I want to do like, and I wish that they were today, but I know that I'm like, I got to put in the work, you mm-hmm. know, I've got to take this step. That's going to take that step. And I just, I honestly don't even know what it's going to look like right now. And that's, So much part of the fun, you know. That's Mm -hmm. the the part where you're like, I'm gonna just take this step and I don't know who I'm gonna talk to. So by the way, one of our one of our mutual friends sent me a text this morning and he was talking about somebody that he had connected with, and he was like, Oh my gosh, this meeting was amazing! Like, and so it's like you don't know when Mm -hmm. you're gonna have a conversation with somebody that just the door mm-hmm. wide open. But back to what one of our, our mutual friend, Carrie, says is, you know, you prepare for the moment. Yes. You know, when you prepare for the moment, the moment, moment will be prepared, prepared
1: for you. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. And my business took off at a, you know, conference. I ran into, you know, a, a mutual friend, Mike Kim, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. At a yes. conference. I was I was prepared for that moment, and when he said, "Let's go work with some missionaries," like I want you to, like let's do let's start mm-hmm. this business together. And I was like hyperventilating, <laughs> but all, the, but the whole time I was like, God has prepared me for this moment. Like I am ready. The book was written, yes. the content was done. I had done the hard work. So mm-hmm. I just want to encourage you guys as you're, you know, thinking through these ideas and like, Oh, is this possible? Is this something that I can do? Like just take one step yes. forward, whatever that is, you know, and mm-hmm. just start dreaming. Yeah.
1: So yeah yep. anyway,
0: good stuff. I'm excited for, you know, anybody who might have a dream in their heart that they're just like, oh, I just don't have a, you know, like just don't know if mm-hmm. this is the right timing, like you're the timing will be perfect as you walk this out. No door yes. is going to swing wide open if you're not ready. So just right. you know, just one step at a time.
1: Yep, just like our grief, just one step at a time. Just take the next step. Just take the next step. Just take the next step and you'll get there. You will get yeah. there, and I I want to encourage our listeners to connect with Mary because, like she said, her her uh, mission is to encourage and equip and empower. Right? Is that what it was? Yeah, uh, yeah it, close. Educate,
0: encourage and empower. Yes. You got okay.
1: <laughs> All right, and she is very very good at the encouraging part. So I really recommend that you connect with Mary because she she is very good at what she does, and not just helping raise funds, but helping you see vision, helping you move forward. So I just, I highly recommend Mary and so thankful that God brought her into my life when he did and and, uh, the friendship that we have. So Mary, once again, what is the best way for people to connect with you?
0: Yeah, so I know um, since you guys are podcast listeners, one of the best ways is to actually pick up my podcast. So uh, you guys can be subscribers to Fundraising Freedom Podcast, and I have well over a hundred episodes in there for you guys to listen to. So if you're in the car driving and just like how you listen to this podcast, it's a great resource for you. I talk about all sorts of things on fundraising mm-hmm. uh, and bring on some experts in this space as well. So fundraising freedom podcast. And then also if you guys, you know, want to connect on my website, maryvaloney.com is a great way. I have a, a let's connect button right on the homepage. And if you're like, Hey, I'm you know thinking about this idea and you want to talk through it, uh, jump on there, fill out that application, that form, and um, my assistant will schedule a time with us and we can talk mm-hmm. more about it. So I'd love to help your listeners, Laura, however I can. So if, if you guys really do have a, a nonprofit in your heart or you've already started one and you just need some help moving mm-hmm. forward, I have a great network of contacts. So I'd be happy to get you connected wherever wherever I can. Yeah.
1: So. And she's not just saying that. She means it. Yeah. <laughs> I know oh, she me. means it. That, that's her heart is to help help those who are helping others. so and help us get as far as we can in our journey so well with that mary thank you so much glad we got to have these two uh, episodes together yeah we'll be in touch and seeing each other as our paths continue to cross and you continue to help gps hope on our journey
0: i love it i love it (laughs) thank you so much and thanks for listening you guys i i i know that you have been through Uh, quite the journey. And so I I love that you've found Laura and that you Mm -hmm. guys are are connected. So thanks for letting me be a part of this. Mm
1: -hmm. And I'll have also the information in the show notes if you didn't catch it on how, how to contact Mary. So, well, until next week, guys, we're praying for you and I love you and we'll stay connected with us. Okay. Bye. I appreciate Mary so much and I think after these last two episodes you can see why. Mary has been helping us here at GPS Hope with our support raising efforts and we wouldn't be as far or doing as much as we are in giving support and resources to grieving parents if we didn't have her guidance and input. Now Mary mentioned the possibility of maybe instead of starting something on your own to join with GPS Hope as a cause to support in honor of your child and that certainly something that you could consider doing. If you want to do something like that, we do have a page that you could go to. It's gpshope.org support. You can look at the different things there and i'll just let you know that we live in a 38-foot motorhome we call it the hope mobile we travel full-time for what we do and we have the names of lots of kids on our hope mobile they're on six inch hearts they're in loving memory and we will put your child's name in that heart and it's like they're traveling the nation with us And so we really love doing that. That is for a $100 sponsorship, just to let you know. You can find out more about that on the website. And we would love to work with you on doing something that will honor your child. And there's several things that we could do. So just contact us if you're interested in supporting GPS Hope in honor of your child. We would appreciate that. But you have to follow your heart and how God's guiding you. If you do want to contact us directly, just email office at GPS Hope hope.org. Does one of these statements maybe sound like you? I just want to stop hurting so bad. Or maybe I'll never get past this. Maybe it's no one understands why I'm still such a mess. Now, these are all statements that I have heard from grieving parents. And from someone who's been through the suffocating darkness caused by the death of my daughter, I can tell you that our grief doesn't end in weeks or months or even years. When my daughter Becca died, I wanted God to just take me from this earth. I didn't want to live out the rest of my life in a shell just waiting for my turn to die. But if I had to stay here, I wanted to be able to live without the pain and the darkness that cannot even be put into words, but I didn't know if that was possible, much less how. And as I was in the darkest part of my grief, God began to give me tools to help me climb out of that suffocating pit and back onto the path of living life again. And he then began bringing other grieving parents into my life who began looking to me for hope and the light and the life that I had found through his love and his guidance. And I ended up writing a book, When Tragedy Strikes, which has now been turned into a course to go even further to help you rebuild your life after the death of your child. You know, it doesn't matter how little or how much time has gone by since the death of your child, the struggle is real. And often it seems to get worse before it gets better. And that's normal if that's where you are. But I want to say it doesn't have to continue to be normal for you. Now, while the process of grief can't be hurried, We can learn how to take steps, no matter how small they are, making sure that we keep moving forward instead of remaining stuck in the pain and the darkness of our horrific loss. And I just want to let you know that for a short time, I'm offering eight weeks of personal interaction and coaching from me to you in your grief journey. And this is for the first 10 people who enroll in the When Tragedy Strikes course, Hope and Healing course, and I will give that to you for free. Normally, that is our high-end option of this course, That I want to offer that for free for the first 10 of you who enroll in the second option of the full course. So be sure to check it out right away. If you're interested to make sure you can get in on it, just go to gpshope.org slash WTS course. Now, I know I've thrown a lot of links at you here after Talking to Mary, and we've got links from Talking to Mary. Just make sure you go to our show notes. All the links will be there. And now let's go ahead and go to our birthday segment. First of all, we have Stephen Kowaleski, who was born on March 11th, and is forever 28. We have Amy Rebecca Wetmore, who was born on March 13th and is forever 30. Andrew Woolard was born on March 15th and is forever 23. And Jeffrey Macedo was also born on March 15th and he is forever 18. We celebrate with the families the day that these four came into the world and brightened the lives of their families and friends. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced, all you have to do is go to gpshope.org birthdays. There'll be a simple little form for you to fill out and submit it, and I will put your child on my birthday list and announce them the, the week that they were born. Remember to check out the When Tragedy Strikes course. There is also a mini version of that course. Just go to gpshope.org WTS course. I hope this series of How to Help Your Child Leave a Legacy has been one that you've enjoyed and that there have been a lot of helpful things from all of the guests who have joined me during this podcast series. I'll be here next week and until then, remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.